Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to kick off the show is filmmaker Rashid Kadura, and he's joining us to talk about his first feature-length documentary, A Rugby Story. Good morning. Good morning, Janine. How are you? Good. Congratulations on your film. I had a chance to screen it, and uh, I loved it. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Thank you for watching it. You have a very interesting backstory because this is your first film. And uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you were doing before filmmaking. Actually, I didn't have any sort of background in filmmaking at all. I never owned a camera or anything like that. I uh, grew up a normal kid without really these interests in, uh, in Indiana. I got to uh, Purdue. And I studied construction management, actually, project management. Mm-hmm. And I graduated, and I went on to work in the construction industry. And then in uh, late 2015, I lost my job, and I had some money saved up. I paid, up my, paid off my debt from college. And a friend said to me, what would you really want to do? And I said, I would want to make documentaries. And I knew of this story, uh, this story of the rugby scene in Benghazi, Libya, during a war. And I thought it would just be the most amazing thing, because I knew that they weren't having school. Like school was closed down in, the, in that part of the country. I knew that most institutions and most things were shut down, and, and uh, but that rugby academy was, was going on. And so I thought that'd be a great story. And so I headed over there in, in early 2016, and uh, it took me about nine months of shooting and about a year of editing. I was able to turn it out finally. Amazing. I like how you took this situation where you, I call this a funk, because my show is Get the Funk Out. How you took this situation right. where you lost your job and you spun it. Well, it was it was a pretty traumatic thing, to be honest with you. It happened suddenly. Um, some weird thing happened in my company where they shook things up and they changed managers. And suddenly the estimating department had to be a couple people short. Wow. And so I found myself just back at home with my parents, and I was thinking, what should I do now with my life? So that was sort of the direction that it took. Amazing. Now, I noticed in the film, um, there were there were times, I'm not going to give anything away, but there were times when uh, some of the players said, you know, I don't think he wants the camera on him, or was it hard to get people, you know, interested in being filmed? I can definitely say that it was really hard to get people getting filmed. Um one issue I had was when you have a documentary like this and when it's character-driven and story-driven, what I needed was access to people's lives. And that was really hard. And I think Libya uniquely has a culture of mistrust or distrust, I should say, of media and journalism and cameras in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from the, the, the previous regime. Um, it was really hard, actually, to, to, yeah. to get to people's homes. And in the movie, I was able to get the two subjects' homes, but the other two, it was... It was impossible, and no one else would open up in that way. So it really took weeks and weeks and months, actually, of trying to get to know my subjects or the subjects or the characters of the movie, as well as their mothers and their fathers, and multiple conversations on the phone, just to get to be able to go in their home and film them and talk with them. So it was actually really hard. You know what was so moving for me is here there's a civil war, and what keeps these people um, probably mentally and physically stable, you know, because they are surrounded by all this chaos, is a sport and the camaraderie and the teamwork and running around and just having a good time amidst all the chaos. Right. And, you know, what I think is important is that this movie is really, really kind of the core of it 
is sport. Mm-hmm. It's these guys' love for sport. You know, yes, there's themes of war and there's themes of politics. You can't really get away from that. I actually, I try to a little bit. I try to really, really focus on, on, on sport. But that's what sport does for you. You know, and at the time of the filming, and until now, actually, there were, there were two governments in Libya, one in the east and one in the west. But it was the sport of rugby, I guess, that brought these guys together, as in the movie they tried to form the first national team for Libya. So it is sport, and especially rugby. Rugby has sort of a, how do I say, a subculture, if you will, I guess. of mm-hmm. um, it, it has a subculture, you mean, meaning that when you find somebody that plays rugby, you have an instant connection. It's not like you yes. find somebody, it's not like another major sport, let's say in this country, like in the United States, when somebody plays football or basketball, it's not the same link as when somebody finds somebody else that plays rugby, because it's kind of a minority sport. And so, it was a minority sport in Libya, but it blew up in ways that, like, in Benghazi, they had at one point 300 active players on their roster Whoa. in one city. So, it just became something that was uh, a pressure relief for many people, but yes. and but it continued on to become a passion for for nearly all of them. Yeah, there's parts of the movie you captured where it's very emotional. I mean, you can tell this is such a huge part of their life and who they are. Yeah, it totally, definitely is. I remember after the one of the one of the one of the matches that I recorded, it, it was just a friendly match, you know. But after the game because they don't play that often, though they practice most of the time. They never get to organize games, but after the game, one of the 18-year-olds, his name is Muhammad Smith, mm-hmm. they call him Smith because he, he looks just like a player from New Zealand and he's his favorite player, but Smith was crying after the game. Yeah, He was bawling his eyes out. He just couldn't take the pressure of a friendly 10-minute rugby match. So it means a lot to them. Absolutely. What did you... Um gain as far as your insight from making this film? Because it looks so powerful. Um, I guess I would say that when, when it comes to filmmaking, I guess I would say that filmmaking takes a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. That's the number one virtue uh, that I would take away from that, that I, something that I gained, that it takes a lot of patience. And that's also you need a, a strong business acumen as well for releasing a movie. And that's, I'm trying to gain that as well. And when it comes to the, the people that I met and the stories that I followed and I tried to put together and tried my best to tell through the, through the documentary, I would say that, again, sport is an amazing, amazing dynamic in somebody's life. It can do so much for somebody on an individual level. And for a group of people, I mean, sport like rugby in a time during a civil war like that, a nasty war like that, it can be everything to people. It could be somebody's entire life, and it could really, really save their life from going going off in another direction. That's what I, I gained from it, because um, you can just see, you know, as I said earlier, their passion for the sport and how they're playing amidst the chaos of what's around them, this terrible civil war. Um, so tell me, I know this is going to be showing at the Dances with Films. Uh, uh, is it Thursday? Oh, it's Thursday, June 20th. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Rashid Kadura. Did I get that correct? Yes, ma'am. Perfect. Okay. About the film, A Rugby Story. And again, it's going to be uh, playing at Dances with Films on Thursday, June 20th, 245, at the Chinese Theaters in Hollywood. And what else would you like people to know about this film? I'd like them to know that this is in my opinion, uh, and others' opinions, this is the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of people that this is 
this is an authentic film about life in Libya. And um, Libya, unfortunately, um, something else they, sh they should know, historically has been very closed to the rest of the world, even to the neighbors, to the, to the east and to the west, you know. Libya and, uh, I should say, Tunis Tunisians and Egyptians don't know a lot about Libyans. And so the rest of the world wouldn't know anything at all. And so I believe that this documentary sort of shows life in Libya in an authentic way. I worked really hard on it, and that what they're seeing is something they usually won't see. And so I think the uniqueness of the of the film, and one of the key things that make the, makes the film unique is the fact that you won't that movies don't come out of this corner of the world very often. Yeah, and you're originally from Libya. Yes. I was I was born and raised here, but yes, I am originally from Libya. What was it like being there and, and seeing these rugby players and what they have to deal with? It was really inspiring, to be honest with you. It was really inspiring. In my mind, even though I am I am Libyan and I can go back and I can leave the country. Well, in my mind, I could always leave the country when I wanted to. Mm -hmm. In my mind, if anything got too bad, I, I could just get a plane ticket and leave. But unfortunately, everyone that I could see... They they could never leave, and it was it, it was also interesting in many ways because us as Americans we don't really know what a war looks like. We always think of like oh, saving Private Ryan hunkering down, you know. And it's not really like that. It's it's if you can leave, you leave. If you have the money to leave, you leave. But if you don't, life just continues. Somebody brings in food. Somebody brings in something else. School may close down. You find a way to educate your children during that time. And that's what life was like over there in Benghazi. And I'd never seen anything like that, like that. And just to see people just every day looking through the trash, people that look like my dad and me and my mom, yeah. you know, wearing normal clothes, just looking for something to, to eat for the family. And then having them and seeing those same kids coming and playing rugby, putting everything they can into just one practice. You know, it, was, it really was amazing, you know, just to see how privileged I am and just see how hard some people have it. And, you know, what um, was struck me is that this is the only consistent thing they can, they can look forward to and they can depend on, is going and being with their teammates and playing rugby. Yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, here in the United States, again, and especially in Indiana, where I come from, high school, high school sports is, is a huge thing. It's always been a part of the culture. It always will be. And then over there, it was, that's a new thing to them. Sports is never something that, you know, families tell their children that they can dedicate themselves to. But then when they have no other options and the kids are always at home, uh, r rugby, this sport became, it really did become their entire lives. Mm -hmm. You know, these, like I said, there was at one point like 300 active players on the roster. I think over, over the course of four years, because the Rugby Academy began in 2014 and it ended in 2018, I believe mm -hmm. the, it's close to 1,200, that's how many players came in and out of the academy in the space of four years. Amazing. It really was amazing. It did a lot for them. So, uh, you, do you plan to make more films? Because you did such a great job at this one. I would imagine that you've opened a new chapter. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Um, well, I, um, I tried really hard to get funding. Um, I tried really, really hard. I, uh, but um, I don't know if I'll make any other films. I ho hopefully I will. Um, I didn't get any funding. Uh, mm -hmm. I had to, I, I worked, I mean, I used my life savings on, on the film. The film cost total about $15,000, so about $11,000 was my money, and I crowdfunded like 3800 
And okay. I came back in the middle of filming because I had no more money. I worked for a few months and just used that money and went right back. So uh, it took three years out of me. So I really want to make another film. Yes. And I think this will open up some doors for me. I think so. And hopefully, and hopefully this next time I'll get some funding. But your dedication, you know, you went back, you worked, you, you came back, you finished it. I mean, when there's a passion for something, you just do it. You, you can't, you cannot ignore it. You can't, you can't, yeah. because it was, and it was also the situation that I was in, it was at my lowest point, you know, I'd mm -hmm. never been fired, you know, and I'd always been successful, I guess, in academics and work and stuff like that, and then I came home and sat down, I had to tell my dad that, you know, I don't have my job anymore, it was a good job, Yeah. and then I had a friend tell me, you know, Rashid, you know, what would you, if money didn't matter, what would you want to do, mm -hmm. and then when I made that decision, and as my life always says, life is, life is a series of decisions. When I made that decision, you know, it wasn't even a question of sticking to it. I'd never, I'd never held a camera before. I didn't know how to use editing software. I learned all of that, and to be honest, it was fun. It was fun the entire time. That's For three great. years, it was fun. That's great, and you learned so much, which is outstanding. Where can people find out more about you? Well, they can go to Instagram, and they can go to in my handle on Instagram is a rugby story. Just a. That's the title of, of the film. As well on Facebook, they can go to uh, facebook.com slash a rugby story, or they can just look up a rugby story on the Facebook search bar. And for the most part, that's where I'm at right now. I don't have any websites. Um, I, yeah, basically that's, that's where they're at, and they can contact me. I run those both. Great. And if they'd like to know any more, just go ahead and send me a message. And I want to mention, again, the film is showing June 20th at uh, 2.45 p.m., at the Dances with Films Film Festival. And all the info is on my show blog, by the way. It's getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I want to thank you so much for calling in. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Oh, my pleasure. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. That was Rashid Kadora calling in to talk about his film. It's his first feature-length documentary, A Rugby Story. Again, all the info is on my show blog. And there's an article from Broadway World on there as well, as well as the press release. And if you missed any part of our conversation, I'll be on the show blog uh, within an hour after I wrap. And the, again, the blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.